You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know what I want? everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Raptors Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and today, with two games coming up against the Washington Wizards, and just recently signing, recently bought out player, Will Barton, there's a lot of Wizards-adjacent stuff happening around the Raptors, and who better to talk about that with me than my friend Baker, an ambassador to the DMV. Okay, he's going to let us in on all the latest that's been going on. Baker, first of all, how you doing, man? doing good man i'm happy to be here yeah yeah i mean i'm happy to have you here it's but i was like who do i want to talk about this <laughs> game set coming up with who who do i want to hear about will barton from will barton on the buyout the buyout market as it were this thing that exists in the world and the raptors they wave wancho hernan gomez they sign will barton raptors fans are clamoring towards his basketball reference page saying he shoots 38 percent from three that yeah. seems good better than virtually everybody on the Raptors. Is it good? What What do you think Will Barton's place is on this team? Um, Specifically, I think it's going to be a limited bench role. I don't think he'll be like what he was in Denver, um, simply because like he was able to just play off Nikola Jokic, you know, spot up, you know, sometimes, you know, have some creation reps and, you know, He's been there for, and he was in Denver for a while. So Mike Malone kind of like, you know, let him like, you know, do a little like between the legs, you know, try try to operate and pick a rolls, you know, just try to create for himself. So he developed that trust. Um, I don't think he'll be able to do that in Toronto mostly because, um, you know, they play a lot of their core guys heavy minutes. So I think maybe like in short spurts. He maybe gives you like some threes, some, you know, maybe some on ball reps, but I'm not really expecting a whole lot from him because, you know, in Washington, he didn't really do a whole lot of that. Um, You know, after like maybe 40 games, he didn't start a single game and then they just pulled the plug on his minutes. So um, honestly, just, you know, give him some, you know, instant offense, you know, when they need it, you know, spell, spell some people that are struggling so if gary's not making shots if fred's not making shots maybe they just need a breath of fresh air and they just bring him in you know say like yo like just go do what you do <laughs> i was gonna ask because i think his catch and shoot threes were at like 44 percent or something yeah. like that and so is that what when he was in washington I guess there probably wasn't a ton of creation happening, but was he sliding in next to guys like Kuz when the shots were being created? And like, how how did he slide in next to core guys on Washington? Was that seamless? Did he have trouble? I think he, I think it was just a lot of just funky lineups because, you know, it's just 
Washington's not the best three-point shooting team in the league. They rank like 19th, 20th in percentage. So, you know, it's very hard to for them for them to make shots in general. So, um also just him, he's just he's not really just accustomed to just being a catch and shoot guy. Like he just wants he wants to, you know, create off the bounce, you know, operate in some pick and rolls. Um just be aggressive. So, um Really just him. I think the only thing that was able to work for him was just, you know, spotting up, you know, moving around off the ball. Um, just, you know, sometimes he when he didn't have on ball reps, you know, he was decent in pick and rolls, you know, finding pocket passes to Daniel Gafford and Kristaps Porzingis. So, um, you know, honestly, it just like it just didn't work for him. Um, and that's okay. Like, you know, Washington yeah. doesn't have Washington doesn't have a Nicole Jokic type player <laughs> um to, you know, to help him out so you know obviously like i i think he'll be i think he'll do like okay in toronto you know so that that's just my my take on it my my initial expectations were that you obviously you do get that shooting but that he probably wasn't going to move the needle and yeah. I, I think that's probably par for the course when it comes to any buyout guy i think it's maybe like one or two out of ten that end up doing something tangible otherwise it's a few minutes here a few minutes there and and probably in a lot of the best cases um a a good locker room presence and so i i don't know much about will barton as far as a guy who gets along with teammates i i always just assume that it's good unless you know said otherwise so i'll assume he's a good guy and the guys probably like him and all that kind of stuff but defensively uh the raptors are a team that paradoxically Nick Nurse has a reputation that he won't play a guy unless they're good at defense. If you're an offense-only player, you're not getting time. Not only has this become not true, but the Raptors also, you know, they became a bad defense this year, although that's flipping around quite rapidly with Pirtle's presence. Will Barton, the defender, we've talked a bit about his pick-and-roll chops. You know, he he hits his catch-and-shoot threes, but as far as sticking his guy on and off ball in Washington, what did you see? Uh... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, it's not very, not very good. Um, uh, and it's not his fault, honestly. But uh, you know, it's just uh, Washington in and of itself. It's not very. It's not a strong defensive team either. So, um, you know, they do they do protect the paint well. Um, I think they rank like top ten in shot blocking. So you know, Daniel Gafford, Kristaps Porzingis, they have the bodies to you know, you know, cut off the cut off the lane. You know, you know deter any type of rim pressure so you know they do that well but on the perimeter it's you know it's not not a whole lot of you know it's not a whole lot of good defenders out there you know kyle kuzma he's you know he does he does he holds his own but you know he's not a lead on that end bradley bill you know you know what he is on that end um you know i think denny obvia is probably like their best point of attack guy um but uh will barton he's you know traditionally he's never really been a strong defender Oh, and you know it's i don't think that will change you know maybe in toronto that he can like you know be invigorated you know have like a little change of scenery and you know he can you know reinvent himself and you know push himself to just be a, a passable defender on the perimeter because you know we know the raptors want to if you can't play defense you're not playing <laughs> at all so um so yeah i think um his defense is leaves a lot to be desired 
we got it. We talked about Will Barton for about five minutes, and you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I think trying to stretch it any further would be a little bit dishonest to his role. So we've got two games against the Washington Wizards coming up. The Raptors have a chance if they win these two to go above five hundred for the first time since November. This is wow. a team that's been, as you well know, you've busted our chops about it, us and like you know me and the guys, the other uh, Raptors. Uh, reporters and fans that you know about the state of the team. And, uh, you know, first things first, before we talk about Washington, what do you feel about the Raptors? I know you watch some of the games, more than most people who are fans of other teams. What are your thoughts on the Raptors right now? I actually watched the game last night. It was pretty pretty fun, (laughs) not going to lie. But um, honestly, in totality of the season, I'm I'm still kind of shocked of how I'm still kind of shocked of how like how inconsistent they've been you know this whole season you know I had high hopes that this team could actually be like a top five team you know you know from what I saw last year um how you know how good Pascal Siakam was how good Scotty Barnes was how um you know you know Precious Achua was like developing into like a really good rotation player you know og and fred van vliet was an all-star you know gary trent jr this is a good they had a they have a good team like a lot of good players and you know even though that they got off to a rocky start last year like they 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 made a push and they got to a five seed and they were in the in the playoffs so I thought maybe they could like replicate that, you know, get off to a stronger start and, you know, maybe just, you know, push for top five, maybe even top four. And, you know, this season has just been up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, they, they haven't really been able to like, um, combine both ends of the floor, um, consistently, you know, it's been good offense, bad defense, you know, resulting into close losses, bad, bad offense, you know, good defense and then you know they that the result is still the same so they haven't really been able to you know consistently bring effort on both ends and i think now with bringing yaka Pertle in i think they've started to finally do that and um you know you're starting to finally see like what they are um what they should be you know whether what i thought they would be coming into the season so um I didn't. I didn't expect them to be on the same level as the Wizards, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> but um, it's um, it's it's refreshing to see that you know they're playing a lot better now, um, especially with like tw- I think we're like twenty games left in the season, mm-hmm. and you always want to play your best basketball before the playoffs start. So um, it's it's encouraging to see that. Um, the vibes of our group chat is better, <laughs> well, um, definitely. So it's, it's, uh, it's. Ha- I'm happy to see that. So, um, you know, that's my take on it. Really, just, yeah. sh- just shocked that you know they got off to this poor start, and you know, I'm not surprised that they're, you know, they're ripping off wins right now. It's. I talked to so many people before the season started, ranging from fans to analysts to even some people who are around the team, right. I heard maybe like, I don't know, 5% of those people said they thought they expected a regression from the team and not even necessarily a regression in the standings. Many people thought the East got better. The Raptors might be like a six or seven seed, but they'll be a better team. They've been objectively a worse team this season. They failed to do a lot of the things that they were capable 
of doing last season. Um, you you know well the reasons why. You've heard me talk about it a lot. You've heard everybody, all of our pals talk about it a lot. We, we kind of get that idea. We don't need to rehash that on the podcast. But as you say, they've turned it around. Jakob helps a lot. How does that figure into Washington? And we'll get into that. But first, once again, leaning on your expertise, the Wizards. It set us up. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the yokel from wherever. It's Raptors fans listening to the podcast. They don't know what the hell is going on. They see Kyle Kuzma's fits. This is what they know. And they know that Bradley Beal and Porzingis, they, they get buckets. But what is this What is this Wizards team doing well? And what could they possibly give the Raptors to trouble them? Um, The list is very small. <laughs> I will tell you that. Um, because, you know, in almost about every statistic almost not every statistic but like about most statistics they're in the middle of the of the league in every like every category um the only thing that they really do well is that they they're very efficient um on offense um i think they rank seventh in field goal percentage so and they're despite being a terrible three like a bad three-point shooting team they shoot inside the arc really well, so they get they get to the rim. They they shoot mid range. They shoot the mid range really well. Brad Beal, you know Porzingis. They've operated in that area a lot this season, so um, that's what they do well. Um, also um, on the glass, you know they've been mm-hmm. they've been they've been pretty they've been pretty solid on that end. You know Porzingis Kuzma has been amazing rebounding this season. Um, you know Gafford has start Gafford's played. Gafford has two straight double doubles right now, so like he's 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 in a rhythm right now. So um, uh, I think rebounding, you know, uh, efficient shooting inside the arc, I think that's what they really do well. But outside of that, they're uh, they're middle of the pack playmaking wise. They're middle of the pack, um, you know, defense defensively, um, in every other category. So I think really what they do well is get to the rim, you know, shoot the mid-range, you know, they close out possessions, they rebound. I think playing the Raptors, you're going to have to rebound the basketball. Mm-hmm. You have to close out you have to close out those possessions, hold them to one shot. So I think that those are like, you know, the things to watch um, you know, for these two games coming up. Kuzma is a big wing who succeeds with, you know, some finesse, some shooting. But a lot of it is that he's coordinated and big and determined at his size. The Raptors are a team that is uniquely ready, able to throw other large wings at him. OG, Pascal, Scotty. Um, you probably would, as far as the order. Well, actually, I'll, I'll ask you as a, as a you know, if you want Cal Kuzma to have the most um, success in his games against the Raptors. Who do you most want to see defending him, and who do you least want to see defending him? Um, I think we both know the answer. Who who I want him want him to be guarded by? Um, <laughs> uh, definitely, I'd go. Wait, can you say like it's so? It's Scotty, Pascal, OG, and did you say Precious or just those three? Precious, Precious might get possessions, but I wonder. I wonder with Gafford and and Porzingis both. I I wonder okay. if they might toggle him up but yeah there, there could be precious possessions on okay. Kuz for sure okay um you know first Kuzma's is to succeed most definitely um Scotty Barnes number one um number two I'd probably go 
I'd probably go Siakam and OG. I do not want. I do not want. And then you know, least it's that um, that order backwards. OG Siakam and then Scotty last. So because um, I do feel like it's just it's very difficult for me like to comprehend how bad Scotty is at the point of attack. Like he is so like he he sh- like he's his stand. Like I was kind of watching it last night too against Chicago. Like he's, you know, he pressures you know the ball handlers, and then you know Pat Bev just like sneaks by him, and then he gets to he gets to the rim, and you know he just it's just a lot of instances where he just like you know he's not positioned himself well, and you know guards, especially like you know the small guards, you know guys who can you know beat him to the beat him to the spot, you know just blow by him, and you know mm-hmm. just get to the rim, uh, so. I think Kyle Kuzma can like definitely, you know, you know, Scotty's a big guy too, so it's going to be tough. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma's not really the the quickest guy, so he's going to have to, you know, try to, you know, strengthen his way, you know, to where he wants to go. So, um, definitely in that pecking order, I'd go Scotty, you know, Pascal, you know, and OG uh, last. I was going to ask does Kuzma because I'm not so familiar with Kuzma's game. I, I used to be better at kind of keeping tabs on the league, but in my first years, like actually locking in as a full-time beat reporter for the Raptors, I'm like, I'm out on more of the league than I used to be. So if Kyle, if, if, you know, we talk about Scotty Barnes, he needs to improve at the point of attack. He struggles sometimes. You, you also just watched the Chicago game where he was, you know, very good closing as an off ball defender. Um, how much of what Kyle Kuzma succeeds at is on ball, like traditional above the break point of attack possessions versus like catching at the 45, doing work off ball, that kind of stuff. So just on, the, I think off the ball, he's, he's a lot, you know, formidable, you know, he can spot up in the corner. He's, um, you know, very comfortable in space. He can attack closeouts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You can attack off the catch. He attacks the rim, um, you know, He's been very good at like, you know, just getting into the post, you know, doing that post fadeaway, you know, using his footwork, you know, all of, you know, he's he's just been really good this season and especially on all ball reps too. You know, he's been sizing up guys, um, you know, getting to his spots, you know, getting to the basket, you know, getting to the free throw line. You know, he's just been very aggressive. And, you know, my brother used to tell me, used to tell me this all the time, you know, when he, cause uh, my brother's like a, like a Laker fan because he likes LeBron. So mm-hmm. he tried, he, he, he would like, he would like, um, he would like joke and like, you know, talk about like, Hey, like if Kyle Kuzma had his own basketball team, he'd be, you know, He'd be he'd be just as good as the you know Jason Tatum because <laughs> he because <laughs> he he likes to tease me you know like because I'm a I'm a I'm, you know I'm a Celtic fan so like he, yeah. he likes to, he likes to say all those things and you know now with like Kyle Kuzma being like what he is it's like you know he keeps saying like what did I tell you what did I tell you like he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like um it's been really refreshing to see like him you know blossom into this type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't think he could do it, but you know, he's been. He's definitely, you know, shattered my expectations of what he'd be this season. So, um, they have to make a decision on, like, you know, do they keep him? And I think they will keep him. You know, just because, uh, you know, Washington's not very good at, you know, asset management. So, um, you know, they're going to keep him. He's gonna. He's gonna be a, a nice core piece moving forward. This is he, man. He's he's had a great career. My 
my best friend, Oleg, um, he, uh, he was very early on the, like Kuzma's fantastic train. I think it was his rookie year and Kuzma did have a big rookie year. A lot of it off ball, the, a lot of the in-between push shots and touch shots that we see Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam succeed with. That was kind of how Kuzma got his start with the Lakers was hitting a lot of the in-between shots and his, his catch and shoot threes. But if I, if I'm not missing anything, so Gafford starts at the five. Kuzma, four of the uh, three, those are somewhat interchangeable. But or, Porzing, Porzingis at the five, yeah. So is Porzingis out because he missed? Uh, he missed last game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure like what the extent of the injury is, but um, I think Gafford started last night. Um, yeah. But I think if he's, I might have to check like later. But um, I think um, if I think it's just something minor. That's my guess. But okay. you know. If, so yeah, so I was poking around their their last game, and so that's what I noticed. But yeah, so that's so the five if Porzingis isn't there is Gafford five, Kuzma and Avdia more or less the three and four seems interchangeable, and then the backcourt is Bradley Beal and Delon Wright. What does that look like if Porzingis is in? Who gets who gets bumped? Uh, it's definitely Gafford, I think. Um, and it's not a it's not a knock on him. It's just mm-hmm. um, you know. Wizards aren't very a double big have like you know t- type of team, and um and I think you know Porzingis Porzingis this season has been really good and um I didn't like I didn't like the trade at first because um you know he had I didn't I wouldn't want to say like under he wasn't underwhelming in Dallas but like I just didn't think like I didn't think he'd fit like particularly well with like you know the guy with all these other players but you know he's definitely proved me wrong in that end um fun fact about the wizards they're the only team in the league with three guys averaging more than 21 points per game like that's that's something that that really caught me off guard (laughs) so there's that um and uh I think KP just adds, you know, spacing. You know, he can stretch the floor. He's been pretty good outside the outside the three point arc, um, mid range. He's been getting to the line a lot this season, which you know in the past hasn't been the case. You know, he he isn't really as aggressive. You know, in the down low, um, you know, he, he usually wants to just you know play on the perimeter, like you know, like you know, guys like guys like Carl Anthony Towns, you know you know, guys who just want to space out the floor and just, you know, play on the perimeter. But, you know, this season he's been a lot more aggressive, you know, you know, trying to just get on the block and just, you know, either, even if it's a post fade, you know, guys are just gonna, guys are just too small and he just shoots over them. So he's been really good on that end. Um, I think he'll definitely start if he's healthy, Um, you know, especially if they want to make this playoff push, they got to, they, they definitely want to, you know, start, they want to definitely start like as as many good players as they can. So you know, it's not a knock on Daniel Gafford. He's he's definitely like a good player. He has a good tremendous motor, um, very athletic. Um, he can rebound, but he just doesn't provide the spacing that Porzingis does, as long as as well as skill set. So the interesting thing to me is that teams have gotten away with going small on Porzingis in the past. The Raptors are a team who you you know you watched the game last night. They closed small against Vucevic, right? And they're also a team that can go quite big now with Pirtle there. They can run front court lineups of like 
Pirtle and Precious or Pirtle and Pascal, Pirtle and Scotty, and that's bigger than most teams just because Pirtle's seven foot one. It, it changes the calculus really quickly for the Raptors. But might it be that they, you know, Pirtle played 26 minutes last night against the Bulls. Might it be advantageous for the Raptors in this game, despite Pirtle being fantastic, to try and go small for as big a portion or perhaps a bigger portion than they did against the Bulls to kind of be able to play more aggressive schemes at the point of attack and in the pick and roll to make sure that Porzingis doesn't have room to shoot? I think so. Um, I saw a lot of that game. You know, Vucevic was getting... Vucevic was succeeding yesterday, and especially in pick and pops. So, you know, guys weren't getting out to him. You know, he had all day to shoot, and then, you know, he rips the cords, like, multiple times. So I think playing small is definitely in the in the wheelhouse, um, especially because the Wizards like to run pick and rolls a lot with Bradley Beal and, you know, sometimes Kyle Kuzma. Um, so I think playing small is definitely going to be on the table. It's a definitely – I'm definitely going to be able to see it. Um because it just makes them more, it just makes the Raptors more, you know, rangy, more flexible on defense. Because now they could close out, you know, they were, in respect to Jakob, he's been amazing. You know that mm-hmm. the, that pick and roll is like been money, Way better, yeah. Like it's been money, like ever since he got there. So, yeah, but um, I think I think these teams with like you know these stretch fives. It's gonna pose some problems with for him because he can't he doesn't have the foot speed to, you know, just run out and contest and, you know, have the foot speed to go back and protect the rim as well. So I think they're definitely gonna be be playing small. Um uh Scotty as a roamer, you know, to, you know, challenge shots like he did yesterday, like mm-hmm. ama- amazingly, you know. So yeah, I think it's definitely on the table that they play small. Um, you know, a lot of teams have played small against the Wizards, you know. I think um, a few weeks, a few month, a month ago, I see in Golden State they played small for the entire entire half mm-hmm. against Porzingis. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's definitely on the table for them. Yeah, I think it's it really depends. They're obviously going to start Pirtle. They they win minutes when Pirtle plays. Even even last night, even though they closed small, they still won Pirtle's minutes by I think he was a plus thirteen, and yeah. and you could see why he was a big part of them being able to do drop defense and lock and trail with OG on DeMar and just turning off DeMar's water, turning a 25 point per game guy into 13 is a massive deal, you know, and, and all the, the like creation, um, the, the assists that come out of his, his penetration and like shooting in the mid range as well is just a big deal. But as far as being able to close small, it should be interesting. I don't know if OG guards Beal because OG definitely has reps against Beal Pascal, I could see on anybody ranging from Kuzma to Avdia to like there's Pascal gets put on a lot of different players. Fred, it's it's Delon at the one consistently now, right? Um, yeah, pretty much. I think um Monte Morris is like being I think the lead bench guard now. Um I think Delon rates, you know, you know, presence on his on both ends of the floor has really, you know has really like helped this team a lot and you know he helped he helped them earlier when you know when they got off to that really good start in October you know he was playing a lot so um and he had a lot he had a lot of impact in those wins so I think now they're starting him like besides Beal just to give them that defense that playmaking you know and you know just just be a just lock up guys and just facilitate (laughs) 
So, man, I wonder, I wonder if the Raptors might do, because they, they did this last night too. Like we saw Fred on Levine sometimes. We saw Pascal on Caruso, so Pascal could be the roamer. I wonder who the Raptors, who they choose amongst the wings between probably Scotty or Pascal to roam, and if they use DeLon as that case. You know, DeLon, some games he can make you pay for that. Some games he doesn't. That that would be very interesting. I wonder how that shapes up. But I think I think maybe they do it off Denny on the corners because mm-hmm. you know Denny's not the strongest three point shooter. Um, you know, especially out of that corner. You know, he's been a lot. He's been better. You know, for a few games, but uh, it's just I th- I think I think they're going to cheat off him a lot, and this especially. So here here's my question. Actually, is there a chance that the Raptors might? If if Denny Avdija is guarded by Fred Van Vliet, how much can Denny punish Fred Van Vliet's size, both in like a, a quick post-up seal situation or offensive rebounding? Uh, I think on the boards. Um, I think the thing that Denny's been able to do is that even though he's not the best scorer, he's been, you know, he's been good in other other places, you know rebounding you know passing you know playing defense it's just been like a really true connector for this team so um if his shot's not going down he's going to find other ways to affect the game so i think rebounding you know he's going to facilitate he's you know going to try his ass off on defense sorry for cursing but uh um but yeah he's he's going to do everything that he can do just to affect the game so he doesn't really need to score that makes sense so um let's talk last thing the Raptors offense. We've talked a lot about how the Wizards play, how the Raptors will match up, but Pascal Siakam, you know, we briefly touched on that Jakob Pertl pick and roll, which has been good with a few different guys. Needs to get much better with Pascal and Scotty. They have some stuff to iron out there, but with Fred, it's been quite good. The Raptors have underwhelmed offensively lately, have overperformed offensively on the season, I think. When you see who sits across and one of your favorite players, Gary Trent Jr. as well, is coming off the bench, there's a little bit of firepower there. What what, what worries you? What do you think the the Wizards are susceptible to? Um, I think just guarding on the perimeter. Um, they're not very strong. They they don't have any plus defenders on that end, except for maybe Denny. Um, and Dura and Delon. Um, so like I do feel like there are like a few favorable matchups, especially with like Bradley Beal, um, Chris Stapps on in space. Um, so I think they could find some avenues in there. But uh, you know, Raptors half court offense is not very like it's not very pretty, so mm-hmm. so to speak. So um, I think if they just, I think if Washington just holds them to one shot closes out possessions on the on the glass don't let the raptors get extra possessions um i think they are they should be in pretty good shape because i do feel like their offense can score enough points um even though the raptors defense has definitely picked up in these last like few games um so i definitely feel like you know there are avenues for them to win it, they just have to be they just have to be very disciplined in how what how their game plan is you know just be disciplined do not turn the ball over do not give these guys extra possessions because if you give any team extra possessions you're just you're just burying yourself deeper into the hole that you can't climb yourself out of 
So if I had to guess, it's probably Denny on Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. And and then so you're sitting Porzingis in the paint probably as well quite often too. Yeah. That has been a not so bad recipe for, you know, you never really stop Pascal, but you, you slow him down. You get him kind of bubbling towards inefficiency and the Raptors offense, you know, it has been limited elsewhere. So they still need inefficient Pascal. You know, they just like go get us offense, make it happen. Um, when when you think about like a, a pick and roll between Pascal and Pirtle, for example, Denny Avdiha and, and Porzingis will be guarding it. What, what does that look like in your mind? Um, hopefully not like what I saw last night. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I think traditionally Porzingis isn't very well good in space. Um, so I think maybe he's going to lay off. He's going to play a little drop on, you know, any ball screen. So I think, and then you'll try to protect the roller as well. So, um, hopefully they don't play high because if they play high, they're just going to dump it off to Pirtle, and he's going to have a free layup to the rim. Like, like I saw, like we saw countless times yesterday when they put Vooch in that high screen roll. Um, they put two on the ball, and then you know he's rolling to the rim free. So, um, I expect Porzingis to just you know there will be times where I think he will switch you know, onto a ball handler, you know, in space. And, you know, I'll close my eyes to hope <laughs> it goes, hope it goes for the best. So, um, but, uh, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, he's, I definitely think they're going to try not to get beat on the pick and rolls. And, you know, I think Denny's going to fight hard on, on, under those, on those screens. Um, and, you know, you can't, you know, it's hard to stop guys in this league, especially with like, you know, how, everything tailors towards the offensive player. So I think maybe he could just bother, I think bother him either that or just throw in multiple bodies, you know, at Siakam, just, you know, try to make his life a living hell, you know, even if he gets, if he, and if he gets 38 and six, you know, just go up to him, shake his hand, say good game. <laughs> like this, um, this makes it seem like, and this has been the case for a few games where the Raptors since getting Pirtle, they're more limited. They they went from being a limited jump shooting team, especially from three, to an even more limited jump shooting team from three. Pearl is obviously a major positive note, even though with that drawback. But it also means that Fred Van Vliet is more important. And considering that the Wizards probably are going to want to play drop, are going to want to pack the paint, as you say, you know, contest shots on the inside. Fred pull up in the pick and roll packages. Seems like if Fred gets north of 20 points, the Raptors will be in really nice shape. And um, that seems like a big X factor for these these two games coming up. Do you have a uh, a prediction for how this shakes out? Obviously, you know, if the Wizards want to be like a playoff team, they really need to win, get all these wins that they could get. So especially these game, these two games right now, because it will determine a tiebreaker mm-hmm. and, you know, later in the season. So... Um, obviously they should definitely like, you know, come in with a mindset that they have to win these two games. Um, uh, I'm very, you know, I'm kind of teetering, you know, over like, you know, can they actually, you know, you know, put a, put together a stretch of basketball that tells me that, Hey, this team's serious about making the postseason. So, um, you know, it'll definitely be a tough game. Um, you know, the Raptors are a tough team. Um, on both ends, you know, despite, you know, how, you know, inconsistent they've been, you know, they they still are a 
very big problem, especially for Washington. So, um, uh, so I think, I think my prediction, I'll go split. I think they split. Split is the safest. I think Raptors fans will know that the Raptors, they've been splitting the two game sets this season. The the doubleheaders have not been something that's easy. I think Charlotte is the only team that they got the the two zero on. The Wizards are better than Charlotte, like to be certain. And yeah, I'd expect the split. It's really hard to take two in a row, like back to back. And I think. Well, I do think the Raptors are the better team now. Like in record, yes, but also I think they're the better team now. It's still tough to just like I don't think they're that that far ahead that they can just come in and steamroll the Wizards for two, especially both in Washington. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a big factor. Not that Washington is like the like the hardest place to play in the NBA, but just like yeah. going into an arena taking two is tough. So yeah, probably we're not very takey over here, but a split and a split seems like yeah. both of our predictions. That's um, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else about the Wizards, um, the Raptors, or your anything in your basketball interests that you want to let the people know about before we finish up? Um, just one. I think a few things. Um, one, uh, I think uh, I I do want to like I do want to speak on some. I do want to speak highly of uh, Scotty Barnes for a little bit. Um, sure. I do think, you know, after he did get off to like a really rocky start, I think he's play, picked up his play like tremendously and mm-hmm. um and uh you know, he's playing a lot more confidently. He's playing a lot more, you know, I think he's playing well with, I think he's playing a lot more relaxed than he did to start the season. So, and um, you know, I think I looked up he's 17 8 and 5 since the new year. And, um, that's pretty, that's pretty good for him. Uh, so, and he's definitely, you know, I think his playmaking is probably my, my favorite part about his game and his feel for like where everybody is, um, his vision is like the werewolf even the, even the, just the, the pure, like the pure cockiness of him just attempting some of these passes is, is -hmm. very fun to watch. Um, there was a possession before the all-star break it was there i think they played the knicks it was down i think it was in overtime he's i think he's on the block um and then he so i think rj barrett rj barrett comes to double team him and then he throws this like amazing perfect skip pass to the corner to og and then he he makes a three and i'm just like wow like that's like you can't teach that like it's so um i think his play you know since the new year has started, he's been really, really good. And, you know, he's, I think he's, I think he is going to continue to play well. And I think, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be a star in this league for sure. That's um for anybody listening, make sure you're subscribed at RaptorsRepublic.com. My written work there is paywalled and I have a massive film piece on Scotty's um, playmaking coming out. And when I say that there's nothing missed, there's nothing missed because I watched and cataloged everything. So uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, Baker, of course, like that's that's such a great insight is that Scotty has turned it around and his playmaking, you know, he, he's overwhelming and powerful in the way that he attacks the rim and he's a really fantastic offensive rebounder. But as far as that like elite skill, that's truly uncommon for his size. It's it's the playmaking. It's yeah. Um, 
it's it's a really fun aspect of his game. Raptors fans will enjoy it for a super long time. Baker, um, hopefully people enjoy this podcast, not for a super long time, for the time that it's relevant. And I want to thank you for coming on, man. Your insight's invaluable. And I'm sure the people will be very happy to have learned about Will Barton, the Wizards, and what people from outside of the Raptors sphere think of the Raptors. Thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it, man. You have a good day. Hey, you too, man. And listener, thanks for tuning in. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video, subscribe, um, subscribe to RaptorsRepublic.com. If you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in with us. And uh, yeah, have a blessed day and goodbye.